Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and this is How To Be Good, the podcast that explores what it means to be a good person in today's world. Today I'm talking with Jewish rabbi Eli Tikva Sarah. But we don't have a concept of a good person or a bad person. There's no such thing in Jewish teaching. Every human being has a good inclination and a bad inclination. These are possibilities within us, potentialities within us. Rabbi Eli has been rabbi of Brighton and Hove Progressive Synagogue for 20 years and was the first ordained lesbian rabbi in the world to lead a mainstream synagogue. She is a profoundly passionate Jew with a deep love of the spiritual, theological and practical aspects of her faith. What I find really inspiring about Rabbi Eli is her passion for including everyone in the community, regardless of background. As a feminist lesbian, she is an unwavering voice against inequality and discrimination and has a long history of activism, both inside and outside the world of Judaism. Ellie takes action and is a self-described troublemaker. Her direct nature holds such a fierce power and a 30-minute conversation wasn't nearly enough time to ask her everything I wanted to. There is so much to learn about Rabbi Ellie. Everything she does is so thoughtful, from her teaching and the book she's written to the journey she's been through to get where she is. Even everything about her name is chosen intentionally. Ellie Tikva Sarah. She spells Ellie, E-double-L-I, so it's not a gendered spelling. And she adopted her middle name Tikva, which means hope, during a time when she was experiencing some particularly bad prejudice. Uh, that was me. Uh, you know, that's, my, that's how I deal with people dissing me. I say... Hope, make it my middle name. I hope you'll enjoy the information and the energy of this conversation, which happened just before Jewish New Year. So I'm excited to introduce to you all Rabbi Eli Tikva Sarah. After sunset tomorrow evening, the, the new year will begin. Wonderful. Well, happy new year for then. Thank you. Thank um, you. So maybe I'll, I'll start yeah, with that first yes, big yes. open question, um, yes. because many of the people that will be listening to this won't know too much about the Jewish faith. And so we'll be coming to this podcast with a lot of curiosity. So mm -hmm. what can you share with us about what being a good person means within Jewish teaching? We've asked me about what being a Jewish being a good person means in Jewish teaching, but we don't have a concept of a good person or a bad person. There's no such thing in Jewish teaching. Every human being has a good inclination and a bad inclination. These are possibilities within us, potentialities within us. And so there's no labeling of people as you're a bad person. You're, if you, you may do bad things. You may do things that are harmful, hurtful, violent, destructive, things that, you know, are oppressive and persecutory I can do bad things but I can also do good things I can be kind and compassionate and, and caring and you know want to pursue justice and peace so we don't really have a well we don't have a concept of good being a good or bad person as an absolute we are born with these potentialities but it's actually it's even more complex than that because it's not just that we're born with these potentialities to do good or to do things that are bad there's also wonderful um, rabbinic teaching that says, well, actually, your what's labelled as bad inclination, which is in a sense your drive, is good, because without the inclination to to go and do things and be driven to create things in the world, and it's put in terms of building a house, you know, to build a house, if you think about it, you have to disrupt land, don't you? You have to, you know, take up 
you know, lovely green earth. Um, and but you need that drive. And in fact, the idea of people only having a good inclination and not a bad inclination would mean actually that nothing ever happens. You'd have you'd have a situation of kind of inertness and and passivity that that active drive, which can lead to destructive things, can involve destructive things, is also the drive that also makes things constructive and, and, and good. So it's not even as simple as to say, well, we've got these both inclinations, what we should do is only do the good inclination because we actually need the other one. So, so Jewish teaching embraces all it is to be human, which is complex and encourages us and says, well, what we must strive to do is do as much good as possible, being aware that actually some of the inclination within us that is not helping us to be kind, but helping us to like forge ahead to do something, some of that can be really good as well. Um, but to be concrete about it, we think we talk about ma'asim tovim, which means good deeds and gimelot chasadim, which means deeds of loving kindness. So we should be trying in, as we go about every day, to think about what, what can I do that will be helpful and kind and, and compassionate? And how can I repair relationships? And how can I sort of, you know, if I, if I see something going on that is, is harmful to someone else, what do I do? You know, being a bystander is a very un-Jewish thing. We don't do bystanding. We do intervening, um, and um, that's really important. That we, and that can be embarrassing. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my mum was always intervening in things. If she saw that, and I used to be so embarrassed about her talking to people we didn't even know because she saw something. You know, she saw somebody being talking harshly to someone or a child being slapped, and she'd go up to them and say, "Don't you know? Don't slap your child." Oh, God's sake, don't you know? Um, but that kind of intervening is important. You know, intervening on behalf of, you know, values which are to do with treating people with respect and compassion. It sounds like it is really about the actions. The Jewish religion is really about taking action. It There's is. It's some... about what you do. Yeah. And so, obviously, how we treat other people, um, the notion of how we behave and and action is actually quite structured into what we call mitzvot, which are translated as commandments, what it means, we are commanded. So we are commanded to offer hospitality. We are commanded to visit people who are sick, to uh, um, go to a funeral and attend, the, and attend the dead and support, give comfort to mourners. There are a whole range of things that just ordinary things of life that we are positively in sort of commanded, I'm using the word commanded because it's as strong and as powerful as that. And an example that people um, gets translated differently and it is an interesting difference between Christianity and, and Judaism is the notion of charity. So charity comes from the Latin word caritas and caritas is about the feeling that you have of, kind, of care and concern for someone else. From a Jewish point of view, that's not enough. Because I could feel really moved to do something for somebody, but I may not feel like that. So the Jewish word is tzedakah, and tzedakah is related to the word tzedek, which means justice. And it's an act of justice to help another person and to give them you know, financial aid if they're, they're poor or they're homeless. And 
And it's an act of justice that I, I must do. So it can't just rely on whether I feel like doing it. I might feel like doing it one day, not feel like doing it the other day. It's something I, I am commanded to do. It's, a, it's an imperative that I do it. Um, and so that's where the emphasis lies. Yeah. And so how, I, I'm interested in this thing between intentions then and actions. So within Jewish teaching, would it be, you could have an intention, but if you didn't act on that, then it's, you know, there's no real kind of, Absolutely. you don't get pat on the back for it. You, you just... do not get pat on the, on the contrary. And, and the truth is, I mean, at the number of times, because I know my frailties and I do something and it's hurtful to someone, I don't mean it. And I thought, well, I didn't intend to do that. Well, it doesn't really matter what I intended to do. If the impact of it is something negative and hurtful, then that's all that matters. People are always going on about their intentions. Uh, and what matters is what you do. And the, and the proof of the pudding, you know, is in the eating. If the other person feels that what you've done is positive, then you've done something good, nice and helpful. And if they feel that what you've done is actually trample on their on their rose garden, even though you intended to be helpful, then you've, you've hurt them. And it's no good saying, well, I, I, I didn't intend that. So I watched that beautiful short portrait video of you on your website. And something in that really struck me because you spoke about how shortly before you were ordained as a rabbi, the then executive director of the reform movement took you aside to say he knew you were going to be ordained and there was nothing he could do about it, but he wanted you to know he was completely against it. And what it made yeah. me think is as the the activism that you're involved in and the movements that you've really tried to shake things up I imagine that you have experienced in some cases really strong opposition to what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. and I'm really curious whether any of that opposition ever made you doubt whether what the actions you were taking whether they were good when you had kind of the opposition coming at you from a different perspective never never I mean I'm I've been I'm a middle child and middle children are very concerned about fairness. You're not the older ones. You don't get the special things that the old, particularly got an older brother and I've got an older brother. And you're not the little ones, so you don't get indulged and get away with things. So I've always been concerned with fairness. And so, no, I don't doubt. I, I have very strong principles. And when people challenge me in that way, I know that they're just being prejudiced and, and persecutory. So I've experienced a lot of, in the past and on this journey in the early days, incredible amounts of persecution, homophobia, misogyny, the whole range of things. And it just, in a sense, you know, I I just knew I had to overcome it. I couldn't allow that to, to floor me. I couldn't allow it to stop me, even though it was incredibly painful and I had, you know, major issues that came up in my, in my career as a result of it spanners in the work to say the least um but no i i I'm, i mean it's not that i don't have doubts but i don't have that kind of doubt mm. um when i know somebody's motivated by prejudice or they're doing something out of prejudice they're deliberately saying something undermining then i know i just know they're wrong to do that and in that situation i was very pleased that in fact subsequently and it wasn't that long afterwards two years later i was actually asked to um, the first woman to give the sermon at the national conference of the reform movement, and um, and he, this person, quite he couldn't help himself, but make a positive comment to me about you know how impressive I looked in the pulpit. He couldn't help himself, um, so I thought, well, there you go. That's that's um, you know. So 
and and that's been the other thing it's not just like because I'm, I'm, I might sound like I'm arrogant I don't mean to be arrogant it's just that I when you're dealing with something challenging and people are trying to stop you if you know what you're doing is a positive constructive thing you've just got to keep doing it and partly what I've learned though is that people change so why I've been able to be effective is because I didn't allow myself to think oh you're a bad person I always have this thing in me well I will change your mind and in fact the congregation I've been rabbi of for nearly 20 years when I first applied for a job there I wasn't even invited for an interview and I tried again three years later they employed someone else and I tried again three years later when the when the vacancy was up and I was just like they were oh, well you know why should we take you and there'd just been something in the Jewish Chronicle that book I'd been had an article in it it was all about lesbian rabbi and and I said well you know if if you if you make the decision to employ me I'll make it worth your while you know I will change your minds and they had they had to decide whether to um to put it to a, a general vote of a general meeting whether to employ me or whether the council itself should make the decision. I said, well, don't ask, go to your congregation that you want to employ a lesbian rabbi. They'll say no. If you think that I'm, I've got what it takes to do the job, my skill set and everything, then you make that decision on your behalf. You take responsibility as the, as the representatives. You've been, you know, you're elected. The council is elected by the membership to make those decisions. It's a bit like the difference between, you know, um, having um, a referendum and, and and parliamentary democracy you know if you have the courage of your convictions and make that decision and i'll make it worthwhile and i will help change those minds so the people you're afraid of you know i will i will do what i can to make them have different attitudes well half a dozen people left in the first six months but then the story of my time with the congregation is that it has been transformed into an inclusive congregation Everything I've read about the synagogue, that's the key thing that kept coming up mm. in a sense of how inclusive and this, the community you've created there is really open. Mm. It seems like it has a very open door policy. And it sounds that your motivation comes because you've really lived in line with your values, the things you strongly believe in. So if you mm. could give people listening one piece of advice about how they could do good or thinking about specific actions, if you could kind of, if they could go out tomorrow and do one good thing, what would you recommend? Well, first of all, it's, it's about being open. I mean, the, you, you know, people are afraid of what's new and different. It's about being open and being aware of people around you. You know, sometimes people are like tunnel vision. They go out and they're doing whatever it is they've decided to do. And they're not really aware of the person, other person in, in the queue or the other person along the road or what's happening to somebody on the other, you know, over there. They're not seeing, they're not looking all around and getting that kind of full 360 view of what's happening. And it's being aware of people. When you start being aware of people, you might see a person who looks like they're in need of help. Mm. Um, not just being focused on, I've got to achieve this goal right now but think about others be be helpful intervene you see somebody having a bit of difficulty of course you can't drag them across the street you know people that don't you know call somebody across the road and look. you ask someone you ask the question are you okay do you need help can i help you in any way 
And maybe they'll say, no, mind your own business. Or maybe they'll say, yes, please, actually, I'm lost. Or um, I've dropped something and I can't find it. Can you help me find it? I can't bend very well or whatever it is. And it's just being aware of others and being um, being compassionate. And the the irony of my approach altogether is that I don't write people off. I've come across the most unbelievable prejudice. But I think people, all of us have the capacity to change. And so I know that somebody, if they're given the opportunity to be more caring and inclusive, then let's see how where that goes and not say, well, that's a bad person. I wouldn't bother. So it says, and it's little things. I and mean, we've seen it during the coronavirus crisis, haven't we, that people have been more neighborly, been more aware of the people in their street, you know, that there is that kind of consciousness of the need to connect. And it's about developing that and being concerned. One of the main things, you see somebody who's got a different colour skin than you or looks, you know, looks different in whatever way it is, is, you know, instead of, you know, just rushing past them, smile at them. Smile at people when you're going along. I always say good morning to people. I'm very old fashioned. I go for a walk every morning. I'm always saying good morning. Some people don't say good morning to me, but I don't let that bother me. I will say good morning to everyone. And in particular, if you see somebody who's a little bit different, you might think, well, they possibly are finding it quite difficult walking down today because other people are unkind so you smile smile and say hello you know and that can make a big difference to people's day mm, that is wonderful I want to I the time has gone so quickly and I completely want to respect your time especially as you have so mm-hmm. much on right now so maybe I'll just ask is there anything you would like to share around this topic that we haven't covered that you know any final words or any mm-hmm. reflections that you would like to to share well, I suppose what I'd like I mean I suppose one thing I might like to reflect on is uh, um, in 2012, I uh, had a book published called Troublemaking Judaism. And people often see troublemaking as very negative. Um, But troublemaking can be negative, but it can also be positive because it means taking the trouble. It means being troubled. And it means, yes, challenging something when when it's wrong and unjust. And so I would love it if more people were troublemakers in the sense they took the trouble. They cared. They were troubled by what's going on in the world around them. And, you know, that we tend to label people in negative ways because maybe they're, you know, they're, 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 they're sort of somehow, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're hard to handle. They're difficult to handle. How do I handle this person? Oh, they were a bit quieter. But, you know, what's so great about being quiet? Being quiet, being a bystander means a lot of unpleasant things can go on and you don't do anything at all and you think well I'm being okay I'm just not you know I'm not saying anything well not saying anything can be a really terrible thing to do so I just want to say a vote for um, the troublemakers who try to actually make the world a better place. My hugest thanks go to Rabbi Ellie for taking the time to talk with me especially at such a busy time for her. If after listening to that conversation, you'd like to learn more about Rabbi Eli or Judaism, you can visit RabbiEliSarah.com. I'll put a link in the show description. And Ellie's book, Troublemaking Judaism, is available on Amazon. If you're local to the south of England and are interested in finding out more, you can pop along to the Brighton and Hove Progressive Synagogue. Look up the synagogue, Brighton and Hove Progressive Synagogue. We are very much, um, we're not open as a physical building at the moment because of COVID-19, but we're very open in terms of our activities. We have our services online 
um, find out about us. I teach every Saturday afternoon, exploring Judaism, um, access to Hebrew. People want to come along. I'm only too pleased to welcome you. And if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more episodes and interviews exploring the question of what it means to be a good person in today's world, then please consider hitting the subscribe button. And if you have time and liked what you heard, then I would love you to leave a review and share with your friends. I'm in the early stages of this podcast, very much learning as I go. And so any help and support is really appreciated. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at any time. It's sarah at howtobegood.co.uk and I would love to hear from you. Thank you.